Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Squad Room, the podcast devoted to optimizing, maintaining, and developing the health and wellness of law enforcement officers around the world, and of course, other first responders as well. And as I'm learning through listener comments, emails, and uh, reviews, lots of people that aren't even in law enforcement either yet, people who want to be, and that's awesome, good for you, and they're aspiring to be in law enforcement, or people who are in the military, or people who just have an interest in law enforcement topics and are pro-law enforcement but aren't law enforcement themselves. A lot of inf- uh, a lot of uh, reach out from those kinds of people who've told me that uh, they get something from the show too, and that's really, really cool. Uh, in fact, I was out at dinner with a, a friend uh, who didn't e- I didn't even know he listened to the show. He has no relationship to law enforcement, nothing of that sort, and commented about how the, the meditation episode um, has been helpful for him. So that was awesome um, because I'm just trying to clean up my little corner of the world and clean up myself, of course, in the middle of that. And uh, it's, been, it's been cool to experience some of the comments. So please, if you have a comment, you have something you want to say, you have something uh, you think that we need to cover... You can get me at uh, Garrett at the squadroom.net. That's my email address. Uh, still can use squadroompodcast at gmail.com, but Garrett at the squadroom.net. That's my now uh, professional, uh, shall we say, email. Not really, but um, it just makes me look official. Anyway, the squadroom is devoted to maintaining uh, and, like I say, optimizing health and fitness. That means a lot of different stuff how we improve our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health, our mindfulness. Emotional health has been on my mind a lot the uh, last couple of weeks. Physical health, too. Uh, physical health, I, uh, if you've listened to the show, if you follow me on Instagram, which is at the squad room, you know that I uh, was in a little altercation at work, broke broke my left thumb, and also, which was actually the worser, more, worser, worse, the worse part of that was that I tore off a ligament, and when tearing off that ligament, I tore a piece of bone off with it. So the break wasn't actually that big a deal, but tearing the ligament off completely from one bone was kind of a big deal. Ended up in a cast for six weeks. Finally now out of a cast into physical therapy and uh, finally able to start um, exercising again off something, anything more than, God, never want to go back on an elliptical again because all I've had uh, options for me were were like elliptical cardio machines, stuff that I couldn't trip off of or fall off of and I couldn't grip anything because of a cast. So Cast is off, been finally able to, this week, finally be able to get back into some heavy lifting. Actually, uh, and some encouragement, and some encouragement for you if you've been injured, was able to PR a, a lift, uh, my split jerk, by 15 pounds over the course, I measured it maybe six months ago, and um, I thought I'd lost all my uh, fitness over the last eight weeks of being relatively sedentary when it comes to at least weightlifting. Uh, so it was cool to see that I was at least able to get one good solid PR out of it. Now, of course, and flip side of that, um, being a wrist injury, something like the front squat, I was trying to do some heavier front squats this week and uh, thought I got a good weight. I don't count. This is a little tip. If at least I found for me, if you're if you're going for PRs and you're kind of working your way up, I don't count the weight as before I lift it. It psychs me out if I know how much I'm lifting. So I just kind of keep adding plates, keep adding plates, and will count it kind of after the fact once I seem to have hit close to a max. So anyway, this week I did a front squat, seemed to hit my close to what felt like a max, counted it up, and uh, then checked my notes, and it was a full 70 pounds off of my PR from only about six months ago. So there is work to be done, work to be done. This is an interesting episode because um, it's a topic I had never thought about including uh, when I kind of sketched out what the squad room was going to be. And I was convinced otherwise by my guest today 
and um, you'll hear the story of why in just a second. But um, it's uh, uh, financial health and financial security, and then those uh, that topic is a big one, and it affects all of us, and it seems to be a specific problem for us first responders often, and uh, so it really is a health-related topic to me, and it goes to that mental health. Uh, aspect that we were talking about before, and actually some ways, mindfulness, and then even physical health. So for example, I'm thinking, you know, financial health, if your financial health isn't in, uh, if, if you're not in a good position with your financial health, if you got bills to pay, if you got debts, and you're maybe you're just working a ton of overtime to help cover those debts, help pay those bills. Well, obviously that takes a toll on your physical health, your ability to exercise, your ability to uh, get to the gym even. And of course, we know that that of course has a direct correlation to your mental health and then your emotional health. And then you're not very present and mindful because you're running to, uh, you're running off to the PD or the sheriff's office or the jail or wherever you work probation to do that overtime because, you know, it's just, it's it's where you're stuck. You're stuck in this circle of work and then uh, home, sleep, food, back to work. And you're never getting any chance to take care of yourself. And maybe if you're able to relieve some of that financial stress on yourself, you're able to open up opportunities for some of those other things. And so I went through this recently with today's guest, uh, Motor Cop, best known as Motor Cop. Of course, he has a real name, and it's Jason Hashauer. Um, he's a uh, law enforcement veteran in California, and um, he's actually the first person I ever learned of that had a podcast for police before mine. Uh, we'll get to his bio here in just a second, but point is, is um, I need to get some of this cleaned up. Uh, he has a program that he promotes that he um, learned that got him out of crazy amount of debt, and then um, that he is now teaching other people. But I'll, I'll talk about him in just a minute. But anyway, so mental health, emotional health, financial health, I, I'm now seeing that it is maybe one of the four prongs. And maybe depending on your comments on the show and what you guys think, uh, maybe going to be adding more of that to um, the wide array of topics that we talk about on the show. All right, so uh, before I get any further, I want to thank our sponsors for this episode, SB Tactical and the iCombat Active Shooter Training System. SBTactical.com is their web address. I've talked about them a lot uh, because they've been great supporters of the show. They're veterans. Both, uh, both the guys that founded this company are veterans. Uh, they live uh, right down the street from me, actually, which is funny just how they created a product that my department used for our quarterly training, and it is essentially laser tag for cops. And what I liked about it when we used it is we they brought us to an actual warehouse and an actual functioning business uh, that let us use their uh, vacant warehouse. And we were able to go through these active shooter scenarios. And you can actually learn or you read about my training with their system on their blog at sbtactical.com, I think forward slash blog. It's right there on their front page. And uh, we could go through these very realistic scenarios, no mess, no simunitions mess, no paint, no damage to gear, nothing like that. And I really liked it. And and I had no idea that they were ne- literally right down the street from me until we got connected up through um, uh, through some mutual friends, through actually Traver, who's been on many of these episodes and is now somewhere in the middle of Central America. So um, it's been cool working with such a, a two great guys, two guys whose product I really enjoy. Check them out at sbtactical.com if you're looking for an active shooter training system for your department. Uh, if you're looking for um, just something that you can use at home to practice and hone your own skills, they now have the iCombat Pro, which is an in-home system. Again, check it out there on their website at sbtactical.com. So anyway, 
today's guest, Jason Hashauer, uh, better known as Motor Cop. His podcast is called uh, The Crossover Show. And he and his buddy co-host, The Happy Medic, talk about all things first responder related. Um, they talk about fire and EMS and, of course, police stuff. And they talk about kind of uh, current events in policing and in fire. And they have a good time doing it. And it's a fun show to listen to. Um, when I, um, they were on some sort of hiatus when I first started my show, but they had their catalog there and I listened to a bunch of it and they picked it right up back up around the same time that, uh, the squad room started. And, um, I, I could just call him motor cop cause that's how I know him. And that's how, even how I have referred to him, uh, when we chat MC. Um, so MC, uh, you've probably read his stuff. He's got a very popular blog. Um, and he's, he writes for Uniform Stories, he writes for other police sites, and um, he's well-known, and he, he's done a good job of um, kind of spreading the, the gospel, as, as it were, of, of law enforcement, and especially the traffic stuff and, and all that. But when Jason reached out to me via the Twitter a couple of we, uh, well, months ago, many months ago, we just started chatting, and then we eventually had a couple phone conversations, and I learned that Jason has a pretty unique story himself. And everybody that I have on this show, I hope, my goal is to tease out their unique story and what they were, what they've done to um, either overcome the challenges they've had or the tips and tricks that they uh, use to be successful. Uh, so Jason's story, and he gets into it. He was seventy-eight thousand dollars in debt with his, uh, and um, you know that's a lot, that's a lot of money, and working through uh, a system that he learned through the Dave Ramsey. Um, uh, Financial Peace University, he was able to pay off that debt in 28 months. And he eventually decided that his, although still in law enforcement, his co- real next calling in life is to teach other first responders how to manage their budgets and how to manage their money. And I am a prime candidate for his need or his that, that, that topic uh, because my wife and I have struggled for uh, years on how to create a budget. We, we can see how much we spent in a month, but we have a hard time kind of anticipating what we need the next month and how to break those things out. And when we started uh, talking with Jason, we were a mess of different size checking accounts and different size savings accounts and all we had these, we had stuff everywhere. And of course we had some credit card debt too. Nothing that was insurmountable or seemingly insurmountable, but but enough to make me comfortable. I grew up in a house with a dad who always preached that you never paid for something unless you could pay for it in cash. And I was good about behaving in that way in, in different parts of my life, but with two kids and school tuition due and you know school clothes and whatever, those things sometimes started to pile up, vacations that we wanted to take, and of course things started ending up on the card. We were, like many people, using the card for the credit and for the points, but we weren't paying it off quickly enough, and that, of course, snowballs. So Jason shared with me his story about getting out of debt and getting, uh, getting right with the, the banks and then offered to put me through the system that he has developed on how to create a budget and how to look at your spending. And so I jumped at the chance. My wife and I sat uh, with him via Skype for like two and a half hours one night. We had a very intense um, kind of budget meeting where he went through our, our budgets, mocked us for our spending, and um, and then helped us kind of drill down on where we could save money and how we needed to spend the money going forward and giving every dollar a job. So um, it was real successful. This was about eight weeks ago now, and we've been able to implement the budget. Not perfectly, but we've stumbled a little bit, but we're better than we were for sure. Common theme on the show is better is better. 
and we were able to get a budget together and move forward and we are definitely seeing some positive momentum and so I knew that having Jason come on to talk about that might help other people do the same thing and that's the whole point of the show uh, because I found a lot of success in following his system which was very simple so we'll get to Jason I'm going to stop talking you'll hear his story at the end of this um, at the end of the show, after Jason's interview is done, stick around because I'm going to give some details on a special webinar that Jason, uh, Jason and I are going to host in a couple of days that will basically set you up um, to learn how to do this system and the basics of the, his system um, for yourself. It's our first, my first attempt at doing some sort of a webinar or anything like that. Jason's going to be co-hosting it. Uh, he's actually really going to be leading it, and I'm going to be more of the co-host, but uh, we'll get together. You can chat with us um, online or via the webinar, and he's going to go through some important information. But the important one on this one is to make sure you go to the show notes at thesquadroom.net forward slash episode 37. That's 37. Um, numbers, 37. Not spelt, not written out, but 37. And you'll see the show notes. You'll see the links for what we have, and you'll see the link to register for that webinar. All right, so here's Jason, otherwise known as Motor Cop. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on today's squad room, the world famous, can I say that world famous? Probably world famous. Uh, well, at least in my own mind. At least in your own mind. And specifically when we're talking about my hair. <laughs> in our, <laughs> good hair. Always have <laughs> solid hair. Uh, with me is Motor Cop. Now, obviously, that's not his real name. That's a, that's a, that's a nickname uh, he's made for himself, but he's made quite a name for himself. Uh and I actually got to know you. I, I do know your your real name, but we'll call you Motor Cop because everybody knows you as Motor Cop because uh, you were, I think, the very first police podcast out there um, was the first thing I learned about you. Oof. Yeah, very first. You were. Um, you're you're dating me now. Well, well, I mean, not like in the in the biblical sense. We we're not. You haven't we're not dating. No, both happily <laughs> married, uh, but. Uh, yeah, when I got onto to uh, iTunes and was trying to figure out like is this podcasting, you know, who who's who in this zoo, and I googled police, your show was the only one to come up. And you've been doing it a while. You brought it back not long ago. Um, your premise is, is different than mine. You've got your uh, your uh, firefighter friend, uh, the happy medic, yes, and indeed. you two banter back and forth about first responder issues from both uh, the fire station and from the station police station, but um. So anyway, I've always enjoyed your show, and uh, and we uh, got to chatting over um, email, uh, which led to phone calls. And then I learned that you've got a very, as most everyone does, you've got a story of your own, but it's a very unique story. And then we started uh, putting our two heads together, and when you put two cops' heads together, you create one good idea. <laughs> and it did it, take a while, though. It took a while. Um <laughs> But you've you've got a specialty. You're obviously anyone out there hasn't figured out that you're a motor officer. Um, uh, we'll we'll catch them up to speed on that. You're a motor officer. You're sworn. You're still in. Uh, you still work for an agency, um, uh, in, a, in a decent sized area. So your uh, day to day job, your day job, is writing tickets. Your hobby, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm that guy. <laughs> I always say you have to. You, you had to have sold your soul to get those boots, right? Um, the, the funny thing is, is my, my actual nickname is Soul Crusher. Soul so Crusher. I, I, I guess I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, that's your day job. You have this 
I don't want to call it a hobby because we all know how much work a podcast is, but I mean, you have this side project, I guess is, is, is the, uh, the, the podcast, but then, um, you have taken it upon yourself to become a financial, uh, I'm going to say financial fitness. Is that okay? Can we say, I mean, this is a fitness show. Excellent. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people put the label of, of, uh, expert and that can mean so many different things but i think what you do really is fitness and so anyway we got to talking and you you talked to me about your personal story which we'll get to in a second and then you wanted to and then i shared mine with you in terms of the financial fitness or my lack of fitness it seems like this show is entirely about my lack of fitness in all areas including financial <laughs> and it and it hit that idea when we put our two heads together was that you know we haven't had an episode yet about financial fitness uh, and, and the importance of having that plan in place. We've talked about having a plan in place for your mindfulness and your physical plan and having those kinds of coaches around. But it never occurred to me to have a financial coach. And that's essentially what you are moving into now with the program that, you, that we'll talk about here in a second. And you put me through um, the ringer, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll tell everyone what that involved too. Um, but but that's that's where you're at. So your mission right now, I'm going to let you describe it. But um, if you can go back and tell the story you told me many, many months ago about what prompted you, what was the whole impetus of this and where were you when this, but way before this idea started to go out and coach people and help them. Sure. What was it that made you have to get financially fit? It was a very simple experience. I was walking into my living room. I can picture it. Well, mostly because I'm standing across from my living room, but I can picture the experience like it was yesterday. And my wife made a statement, and then she asked me a question. And from that point forward, everything else changed. The statement was simply, "I'm worried about our finances." And I want to push pause here on the on the answer a little bit because I have to tell people up front, I'm a very open book when it comes to my money. So if you want to know how much money I make, I'll tell you. You want to see my budget, I'll show you. I've we worked very, very hard to remove that barrier uh, between folks about, about money. You know, it used to be politics, sex, and religion. You don't talk about any of those things. Well, it's 2016. Everybody talks about sex now. We'll pull up Facebook and find some half-naked somebody right now, no problem. Money is the new sex. So when my wife said, I'm worried about our finances, my first thought was, we make six figures. And I wasn't. she wasn't working outside of the house at the time. Now, that's not my base salary by any stretch of the imagination. I am a simple motor officer, but I was working about 40 hours of overtime a month. So my base salary increased by probably 25 grand uh, in that that prior year. So of course my first thought was, hey, we're doing okay. But then I started thinking, you know, we we do still live paycheck to paycheck. I'm making $100,000 this year and I couldn't afford a PG&E bill three months prior. A $300 bill, I couldn't afford to pay it because I was so irresponsible with the money I was bringing in. So she makes that statement, and then then she asks the question. And the question was, have you ever heard of Dave Ramsey? Now, Dave could have walked in my house, punched me in the face, and walked out, and I'd have been like, who who is that guy? I've (laughs) never heard of him, no clue who he was. So she talked to me about him a little bit. I went out that night and bought his book, The Total Money Makeover, I read it in two days, and then I, I like to say I, I shaved my head, but I think we both know I would never do that to this beautiful head of hair. Of course not. So I, I, I figuratively uh, 
shaved my head and drank the Kool-Aid and we were in. And long, very long story short, 28 months later, we had paid off $77,232.88 on just my income in two days shy of 28 months. In 28 months, you paid off almost $78,000? Correct. Okay. So that was that was the story that I went, uh? <laughs> like, yeah, what? Like, yeah, like Scooby, like, like, huh, okay. Um, so, okay. So you, 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 you get to the point now where you've, you've paid this off and what happens next in your, in your progress towards this, this goal that you now have, that you are now embodying? Well, we, we became debt free December of 2011 and, you know, we called Dave's show and we got to scream, we're debt free on the radio and it was really cool. I have a recording of it. It's awesome. And we started leading his financial peace university class at our church. And we've now done it. We just wrapped up our seventh class at the end of last year. Now, cumulatively, in a 10-week period, all seven classes put together have paid off over three quarters of a million dollars in debt. Wow. In 10 weeks. That's a lot of families, of course. And some work harder than others. But all put together... That's that's the outcome we've we've seen, and it's amazing. Well, I felt so much motivation, not only by getting debt free, but being motivated by the people that I'm teaching as well. And I thought, you know, we as as law enforcement officers, it's civil servants, really, any of the first responders or the three disciplines, as as the happy medic and I refer to them. We are notoriously bad with our money. I, more so than most, I, in my opinion. Yeah, why do you think that is? Because I, oh, I agree. That's, that's an easy answer. That's an easy answer because we self-medicate. It makes us feel better. You know, we, when you're at that work, and I don't know if you've read about I know we've talked about it, the emotional survival, survival for law enforcement. He talks about, Dr. Gil Martin is the author, he talks yeah. about the hypervigilance roller coaster. Yeah. And you know, when, when we're on duty, we are the best version of ourselves. Man, I love going to work. We laugh all the time. But as soon as I get home and I no longer have to be hypervigilant, Newton's third law will tell you that everything has an equal and opposite reaction. So you're way up here, you come home, and now you're way down here. You're lethargic, you're apathetic, you don't want to make any decisions. Well, in order to get that juiced feeling back, for lack of a better term, uh, you go out and spend money because you get a dopamine hit off of it. And it, it makes you feel better. It makes you feel alive to spend money. Now... I think male cops are worse than female cops. Female cops will go buy a $300 pair of shoes. Male cops will go buy a $40,000 friggin' pickup truck, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the the credit card bill for the female cop, she'll, she'll pay that off in, in a week or two, you know, tops. But, you know, we get that car payment that's 700 plus a month for eight years or whatever. And then the problem is because you, you've now – saddled yourself with this huge debt now you got to work more which means you're working more overtime which means you go through this whole cycle again and it's just it's this i call it the overtime cycle it's this never ending downward spiral where you're working more to pay off the stuff you spent but you feel so shitty because wait i can say shitty right We're, yeah we have an we have an explicit tag on my show so <laughs> this one does <laughs> now no <laughs> <Okay>. no <laughs> 
you feel so bad that you that you want to spend that money again to feel better. Well, yeah. so you do, and now you're incurring even more debt, and it's just this ongoing, never-ending cycle of destruction. And I finally had enough of it, and we created a a budget, and we stuck to it. And, and I'm not going to blow smoke where smoke doesn't belong. It was a lot of hard friggin' work, a lot of hard work. I continued working those 40 hours of overtime a month for 28 months. Now, the good side of that is. A, I'm out of debt, everything but my house, and B, I haven't worked overtime in almost four and a half years out of necessity. I'll do it every now and then to save up for extra stuff or, or whatever, but I don't do it because I have to. I do it because I want to. I'm saving for something, not to make ends meet. I don't rely on that extra pay anymore. So what? Um, so now, how, how long ago was this? We got debt-free December of 2011. 2011, so you're now over almost five years, right? Yep. Over five years. Yep. And uh, how old were you when you had this revelation? Uh, it was 2009. I was 37. So 37. Okay. So I'm I'm approaching 39. So r- roughly about the same age. And yep. I, I meant where you had that. I'll point out that I'm still, uh, I'm still uh, younger I, than I, you. I thought you meant now. I was going to no, say No, no. Still younger. I, still I, younger. Ju- I just hit 44 last month. I'm holding on to that. <laughs> Total aside, but my wife just came in here and showed me a photo of our uh, a new police chief here in the area. We both commented that we were doing the math, 29 years of service, and she looked like she was probably in her late 30s, early 40s. That's, you know, she keeps takes takes care of herself, obviously. And I, and I said, yeah, she, well, she doesn't look like she's 50 or anything like that. And then we realized we're not that far off. We're only... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, hold tight. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not too far behind that. People are looking at me going, oh, he does look 40. <laughs> okay, way off topic. Anyway, so um you, dev- you okay, so you got debt free, you you developed this this course that you were able to teach at your church and you've identified it's interesting that you identified the hypervigilance roller coaster and I think there's a lot of validity in that. I've 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 never thought about it, I guess that specifically. Um but it seems to definitely be a trend. So wh- what prompted you to kind of start focusing um, on assisting other first responders in, in, in your, in your work? You know, it's, I think it started, I started blogging in 2008 and it really started just a way for me to vent my frustrations. I was on the, on the motor for two years at that time. And every time the boot hits the ground, it's a negative contact because I am this physical embodiment of your consequence. You did something stupid and I'm going to tell you, you did something stupid and I'm going to make you pay for it. Right. That's soul crushing, right? Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. Absolutely. And, you know, probably 90% of the people I stop, I'm sorry, officer, you know, they'll thank me for crying out loud. God bless them. But it was the ones that didn't that started to appear more and more often that was affecting my attitude. And the worse my attitude got, just like having children, the worse my attitude got, the worse theirs got. So I thought, you know, I, I got to do, I have to exercise these demons. And, and not like, you know, the, the barbell behind you. I have like exorcise. Get, I mean, like, you know, bringing us a, a young priest right. and an old priest. Right? I have exercised. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. So I started writing this stuff down and it was amazing how cathartic it was. And my attitude improved greatly with a quickness. And I thought, ah, you know what? Maybe the wife will read it. My mom will certain, certainly read it. I'm a mama's boy. She's damn well going to read it. My dad will probably read it. We'll all have a chuckle over a beer, and that'll be that. We'll fast forward to you know a year or two, 
and I started paying attention to stats, and I'm I'm being seen in a hundred plus countries. I'm like, you gotta be freaking kidding me! Who <laughs> reads this shit? <laughs> What's wrong with people? <laughs> but you know, over the years, I, I kind of parlayed that into writing for American Cop Magazine. Now I write for Police One and Uniform Stories, and it it, it never ceases to amaze me. It doesn't matter where you work, what your assignment is, any cop in the world has the exact same experiences. And it's that camaraderie and that brotherhood, that sisterhood that binds us all. So when I started thinking, you know, I I like this blog. It's fun. The podcast is great. We get to go on the interwebs and drink some beer and swear and have a great time and woo. But there's got to be something more. There has to be some way that I can positively impact other people because I've been positively impacted by the blog just by people commenting and saying, hey, man, you're, you're, you made me laugh today. Some copyright a shitty day and says, you, you made me laugh today. That was, that was worth the you know, hour I spent writing that post, sweating over, is there one space after a period or two? Right. You know, it, it makes me feel better to know that I'm having that impact. And then sure. it kind of clicked when we were getting out of debt. I thought, God dang it, this could be something huge because I go to the PD and I'm sure it's the same at your department as well. You sit down and people are always talking about, man, I got, I got to pick up more overtime. The wife's on my ass or I, this car payment's killing me or I, I got to save for this vacation or I just got back from vacation. Now I have to pay for it because we put the whole damn thing on a credit card. It's it money drives us. And I started thinking, you know, if if I have to call an 1199, an officer down, I need immediate assistance or code three cover or whatever, do I want the cop that's coming to help me, even somewhere in his subconscious, way in the back of his head, do I want him worrying about his mortgage payment or do I want him completely focused on coming to pull my ass out of the fire? Right. It's a selfish statement, but it's still true. I want them focused on the job at hand. I don't want them worrying about what's going on with, with their finances. And the, the, probably the biggest benefit I've gotten out of this was how much getting my money in order and taking control of it and telling it where to go instead of wondering where it went is my relationship with my wife has improved, with my kids has improved, at work has improved because I'm in control. We're cops. We love to be in control. So there's that dichotomy or the, the difference between having no control over your money but having to be in control at work. Those those should dovetail together. And I thought, you know, there's I've had this experience. I've been told I don't suck at writing. I've been told I don't suck at public speaking. There's got to be a way that I can make our industry better. And And to be perfectly blunt, I think I can save more lives helping people get their money in order than by going to work and putting on my vest and my helmet and my gun and going to stop drugs tomorrow. I really do. That's a, that's a great perspective. I, I, you know, I think too, that so much of what we do, like is a, it's a, it takes two people to do this job. If, if, if you're, if you're single and you're young, then it's, it's a one person job. But I think if, if you're our age, you got kids, it's really hard for the family to, to be able to support what we do and and like you know i i think i just said it on the last episode even that like <clears throat> my wife is in service as much as i am right i mean when That's when when i'm when i'm at work when i'm on night shift she's a single mother for all intents and purposes and 
And that stress weighs on her and the to-do lists and everything that gets done or doesn't get done because I'm asleep or I'm at work. That all gets put on her. And yep. this the financial stuff is something like, okay, so I'll transition real quick and tell everybody that, you know, you sat with us, me and my wife. I, I explained to you our debt situation, and you offered to put me through um, your counseling session. Mm-hmm. Or I, I don't know if you call it, but, that, but that's what it essentially was. I uh, laid down on the couch, grabbed a pillow, and... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten those tear stains out of my couch yet. <laughs> <laughs> you made me give up. Oh, you bastard, you made me give up the $400 I had sitting from uh, some junk I sold in the garage that I had earmarked for some from, for some special projects. But, okay, we'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you sat with us on a, on a very intensive call, very thorough. Well, you first of all, you, what you did, and, I, and it, tell me if this is... Incorrect, but you have a, you have a whole process now that you've developed through this whole experience of getting debt free yourself and then teaching other people to get debt debt free. That, um, and 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 that coming from it, coming at it from a cop's mindset too. Um, you spoke to me, um, in a way that that other financial people we've met with weren't able to do. Right, so I mean, like we've struggled with a budget or trying to create a budget for years, and we just had no idea how to do it. And that might sound stupid to some people, or it might sound like, how do, how do you not know how to make a budget? Our problem wasn't that we couldn't set a limit on, 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 on what to spend on something. It was that we had no idea what that limit would, should be. And then the next month, how do you plan for, or how do you plan for the unplannable, the unknowable? Uh, you know what I mean? So, how do we manage the fact that this month we don't have a bill, but next month we know something's coming or the transmission goes out and all of a sudden everything goes to poop uh, fast. So we had tried budgeting. We tried mint.com and we tried other, we met with financial planners. We've, I've read books and then I've gone quickly to the wall to beat my head against it because I just <laughs> didn't understand the application. I understood the concept. Oh, you need a budget. You need to spend X amount of money. No more. I get that, right? Money doesn't come in. It just, and, and especially with overtime and the way it is for most departments these days, it's like, I can always go work more overtime. But you put us through this. So you, you gave us a spreadsheet, a very intense spreadsheet of our debts, our uh, incomes, all of our projected expenses. Um, and then like Zorro, you slashed them. <laughs> but you realistically, I mean, I'm joking, but I mean, you you did call us out on some things that we were that we even didn't realize were kind of absurd. Until we started looking at them and then thought, well, okay, that does sound like a lot of money <laughs> to spend on groceries, for example, right? right. Um, for my grass-fed, free-range chicken eggs and whatnot. <laughs> so, and we also weren't dividing up a lot of the categories. Anyway, long story that I'm making longer. You put us through this, um, you gave us this budget, and you did a couple of big things um, um, for us. And it's only been... About eight weeks, I think, since we did that call, we implemented at the beginning of May. Yep. And we had, uh, and that was a kind of our test run month. And, and frankly, we're still in the middle of kind of feeling it out. When someone starts working with you or with anyone else, wh- how long, how long of a process is that to get from? You've got no idea what you're doing to you're pretty dialed in and, and, and you're moving forward. Well, we've been doing it for seven years. So you, you no, just... I'm kidding. It's, it's, it's not that bad. Oh, good Lord. Uh, you know, you know D- Dave always says you, sh- you know, 60 to 90 days. I think that's adorable. Maybe it's just because, you know, I'm a cop and I'm a little slower or, or whatever. I don't know. 
it, it took us a good six months to to be able to accurately predict what bills were going to cost, what we could accurately say we're going to spend this much on groceries and gas this month, you know, along those lines. So, so to get dialed into where you know your, your budget meeting doesn't have to last a day and a half. It's not a you know week long summit. It's a budget meeting between you and your spouse. And if you're not married, then between you and somebody that loves you enough to say, hey, don't do that. Um, but it, it it took us about six months to feel pretty good about it. Uh, and now, I mean, our budget meetings last like I don't know five minutes. But and so what what is now that you're fluid in that? Because my wife and I, you know, we're kind of stumbling through it. And but we're I f- I'm glad that that's the answer because we're in six weeks in, and I feel like we're we're making a lot of progress in some ways, and other ways not as much. But what is that? What is that budget meeting you have with your wife? Is it something you do every month? Um, you know, every just, time we get paid. Every single time we get paid, all the anytime money comes in, it needs to have a job. It needs an it needs to be allocated because you know the story I like to tell is when we first started budgeting and I was working all that overtime. When we wrote down on paper the money we brought in and the money that was going out, there was about an average of five hundred dollars a month that had no purpose, that had no home, that didn't have a function. And we just ended up pissing away that 500 bucks on whatever. I mean, I, I love shiny stuff. So I'd go to Best Buy and I'd, you know, every Tuesday, new music, new movies, new games. And I mean, this is back before, you know, digital really, really took off. I was still buying physical freaking CDs and physical games and, and all that because I'm a very large child. <laughs> and, and, uh, that was my, my kind of my addiction. And when, we started getting this stuff dialed in. We saw that 500 bucks sitting there and it was like, holy crap, we've been wasting $6,000 a year. I don't know about you, but I could certainly use an extra six grand. It's already there. In my experience, I've been doing this now for, for three years. In my experience, 95% of my clients, they're just unorganized. That's it. It's not that you have this overwhelming load of debt that you'll never get out of. It's not that you don't make a decent living. It's that you don't know what the hell to do with your money. That's it. You don't know what's going out. You don't know what's coming in. Once you can define those two things, man, things get a lot easier, a lot easier. Yeah. I think that seems to be at least our issue is, is disorganization. And, you and are not, not a unique and beautiful snowflake. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. At least not in trouble. that. <laughs> I will take exception with that statement, but agree, <laughs> agree when it comes to finance. But my my mother would tell you otherwise. Hey, your mom. Your mom must know my mom. She's Weird. fantastic. All right, so um, you've got a lot of, of stuff that you have. Like you mentioned, you kind of passed over it, but you write for Police One. You write for Uniform Stories. You got your own blog. Um. And, uh, of course, we'll post some links to all of these in the show notes. You've got the crossover show. You work. Presumably, you show up at work, you know, to... to 40, hour, 40 hours a week. To hit your quota. I mean, not quota. We don't have quotas. Um, no, no. And if we did, I'd destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could write enough for me because I don't remember the last time I wrote a ticket. Oh, God. We're speaking different languages right now. <laughs> so, um, what what's your vision for what you want to do with teaching first responders how to manage their money? 
in two years, six months, and 14 days, I'm going to retire, and I'm going to travel the country uh, for a year with my wife and three daughters. We're going to road school them because we homeschool now, so we'll, we'll school them on the road in our fifth wheel, which we have yet to purchase, which we will purchase in cash. And I'm going to go from academy to academy and do in-service training and teach veteran officers how they can fix what they screwed up. And I'm going to teach baby cops how to avoid making the same mistakes that I made when I was a baby cop almost 20 years ago. What are some of those? Because we we have a lot of younger listeners, a lot of guys that want to be cops that aren't cops yet or that they're in their their infancy, as it were. You call them baby cops, infancy of uh, their police career. What are those What are those common mistakes that we're making? Matt, the, I will tell you the first mistake I made, and again, I'm I'm an open book, so I'm I plus I have no shame nor dignity. And so I'll, t- I, I, I'll interrupt to tell people that you really are you are absolutely correct when you say that. I mean, when we had our conversation or our, our Skype call or whatever, you were like pulled up your screenshot of your desktop and you were like showing me your actual budget for that month. Oh, absolutely. Your, like, yes. When 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 Motor Cop says he's an open book, he quite literally means it. A- absolutely. Uh, you know, when, when I first started in the academy in 98, all I had to my name was a motorcycle. And there is That's no That's not way ironic got... at all, but okay. <laughs> I know. It's stupid, right? Um, there's no way in hell you're going to go to an academy and be successful and look sharp if all you have is a motorcycle. So <laughs> my big grown-up decision, and of course the first thing they tell you, don't go buy a house, don't go buy a car, because you might not make it through. And I thought, ah, I'll be fine. I'm a college graduate. I'll be good. So... I went out and bought myself a car. Now, I didn't go buy myself a you know a Bentley or Maserati. I also didn't go buy myself a five-year-old Honda Accord. I brought a brand new, at the time it was a you know, 98, I think 98 might have been a 99 model, uh, bitchin' Chevy Cavalier, by the way. But still, brand new. Brand freaking new. Not less than you know 100 miles on the damn thing. Mm-hmm. And now I've, I've got this car payment. And that's how I started my police career in debt. I already had a freaking metric ton of student loan debt plus credit cards because again, shiny stuff costs money and I didn't have money for shiny stuff and damn it, I'm getting shiny stuff. Plus the car. And in the academy back in those days, I was pulling in a couple of grand. Thank God for dad because I was, you know, back at the old homestead, the very house from which I am calling you now, we bought in 2004. So it, it was... It's buying those big purchases because you think to yourself, now I'm going to be good. It's great. Okay, you got this full-time job now. Congrats. Strong work, son. But what happens when you get hurt? What happens if you get fired? What happens if you know something crazy happens and, and you're no longer able to serve in that function anymore? You got a backup plan? Don't tell me you got a, a bachelor's in, in criminal justice. Please. Go, go get your bachelor's in business or... Uh, accounting or something. Mine's in poli sci. It's got nothing to do with police work, but I have a degree. That's what matters is having that education, showing you you can follow through and have a backup plan. And while you're in your primary plan, have a plan for the money you're bringing in. If I could go back and kick myself square in the jimmy 18 years ago and say, hey, dumbass, Start saving money, start get rid of your debt, and I mean I, I would be sitting on a mountain of cash right now and doing Scrooge McDuck like dives on the video chat we're having, right? You would you, you couldn't hear me through the gold coins I was gargling. Right. So what about transition that question to you know, you know, a veteran officer that um I mean 
we're fortunate enough, me and my wife, not to be in insurmountable death. Although I would certainly say that $78,000 that you were in would, to me, seem insurmountable. But you're living proof that it's not. So I don't know when that number becomes insurmountable. But to me, that number, that's just a, a massive number. We're nowhere in that position. But we, we got a, you know, kid in uh, in uh, preschool, which is like the equivalent of Harvard here in this area. <laughs> you know, I, I pay more for a year of his preschool or primary, whatever you want to call it, than I paid for two years of college for me. Um, yeah, I combined two of my four years of college and, and it's anyway. So anyway, a veteran officer looking at substantial debt, maybe not like su- life suffering, but maybe it is life suffering. What are the steps? What are the first things they can do? Um, and I know the first one is, of course, go to uh, your website to learn more. But what are the th- actionable steps they can take like today to start chipping away at that? Very easy. The first thing you got to do is stop freaking spending money stop Just don't it's it that is the easiest thing in the world stop adding to your debt period beyond that it becomes gut check time because you're gonna have to pull your head out of the dark and smelly place or we'll use the ostrich reference and not pull it out of the sand sure and you're gonna have to to face some things you're afraid of you're gonna have to face some things that you may think are shortcomings, things that you feel guilty about, you feel shame about. I'm going to tell your listeners the same thing I told you. I don't care about guilt and shame. They are not helpful. They are not blessings. They are not going to change your perspective. You are where you are because you made whatever decision you made. I don't care. I don't care how you got where you are. The fact of the matter is you don't want to be there anymore. So let's move you from point A to point B. In order to get from, let's say, from my house to your house, I, I know where I am and I know where I want to go, right? But my GPS has to know where I am first. I can't just say, go to Garrett's house. It, it's going to ask me, okay, great, where are you? That is what you have to do first, is take a good hard look at your debts, take a good hard look at your spending. Can you bring more money in via, via overtime or a second job, a third job? Do you have any kind of... Uh, passion and, and skills that you can monetize. Look around your house. I guarantee you there's a box somewhere in there you haven't opened in six months. Sell that shit. Sell it. And that's where and, I have a problem with you. <laughs> because I, I, saw you look, I, saw, I see you looking around right now, by the way. No, well, yeah, I'm in the professional recording studio. <laughs> and it reminded me that I sold all my homebrew equipment recently because I just realized with with kids, the last time I brewed, I don't remember when, and it's just taking up a ton of space, and it just needs to go to a better home, someone who can love it, uh, who, who just gives it the love that it needs. And I had it earmarked before I ever sold it that I was going to buy uh, some extra stuff to to enhance the, the home gym here. And uh, that was an awkward look I got from you and from my wife when you... <laughs> when you brought that up on our call that, well, really, that should probably go to the credit card debt. Uh, but I, I'm proud to say that I, I did, actually. I, I, I sold some other stuff, about $1,500 worth of stuff, actually. And the first thing nice. we did, we um, we uh, we paid, rather than put uh, some summer camps for the kids on, on a credit card, we paid it with that. So that was already something that's the, very influential that you did for, did for me. And, you know, I think the biggest thing, 
we got out, we being my wife and I, got out of our conversation with you was the communication. Because, you know, we never really we never really talked about money. And I think for a lot of people, especially younger people who grew up in an era where you didn't necessarily have to balance your checkbook, it was just kind of there on the internet and you didn't need to, to do the math, you know, right. was that it's easy not to talk about money. And if you're married and you know for a fact that one of the biggest stressors on a marriage is finance and financial issues and those kinds of things, if you don't talk about it, <laughs> then it's one less thing friction point and yeah I, and i don't mean that as like a, you're not talking about it because you're sweeping under the rug necessarily but you end up in that situation that you just talked about where you know you're, you're making enough seemingly you seemingly are making enough but you're also doing the 40 hours a month of overtime and you know you had a little hard time pulling through on that water bill like you did and, and but on the surface you're getting by so it's easy to avoid that conversation and yeah. what I liked about your call and your work with us and your spreadsheets were that we had to have a long conversation about it. Uh, both of us had to have uh, some some serious kind of heart to hearts, I guess, about our opinions about money because we come from different as different opinions about how money should be used and how it should be spent and how it should be saved. And we had to come to a to a middle ground, and we're still working on it, but we've made some leaps and bounds that. I think in six weeks, in six weeks, we are, you know, um, for listeners in the, in the six weeks that we've tried to implement motor cops program, we're night and day from where we were. And I know that we're not there yet. We're going to, you know, it's, it's going to get better, but we've done some, some if big that's things. The opinion, if that's the opinion you have now, imagine what it's going to look like in six months. Yeah. And, and, and I think that we're excited because of that. Like this was a drag, but we knew we needed to do it. Right. Cause I mean, like I said, we're, <laughs> I have to pay for my kid to go to Harvard, even though he's only three. So, um, or four now. And so we knew we had to do something. We just didn't want to, cause it's, no, it's absolutely. so it's hard. It's like losing. It's like, hitting rock bottom physically and deciding that you have to do something. And, you know, you mentioned about GPS and from point A to point B, and we've had whole episodes of the show talking about how you have to know your A point to get to your B point. You can't get to your B point without knowing where you're already at and what your situation is. And uh, I like that your program is very thorough in that sense. And I, I see more and more how f financial fitness really isn't just a buzz term but it, it it plays into all the other aspects of, of your fitness or your health or your overall wellness, right? And that the whole point of my show is is about overall wellness and getting better, getting better at everything. And, and it seems like this, uh, you know, I'm not sure what episode we're at. I lost track right now at the top of my head, but it's it's this this needs to be something that I'm very mindful of and that everyone's very mindful of and how it interacts with the rest of their life, just like their diet, just like their exercise routine, um, and just like their, you know, mindfulness or whatever uh, other program they have in their life, or their spiritual life, that sort of stuff. This has to be front and center with those. It's, I mean, I just counted off kind of five pillars, and it has to be one of those, it seems to me. Do you do you think it's that important? Uh, without a doubt. You know, you, you've touched on something really, really important. And, you know, when we started paying attention to our money, it was – amazing how every other aspect of our lives just got better and for us the catalyst was our money 
you know, for somebody else, perhaps it's their physical fitness, perhaps it's their, their mindfulness, because it, it, it all starts with, I don't know if you've read the book, The, the One Thing, but they talk about, I think it's Gary Keller and Jay Papasan are the authors, yeah. and they talk about the, the domino effect, right, and how a two-inch domino can knock over the Eiffel Tower. Obviously, you're not going to put a two-inch domino at the bottom of the Eiffel Tower, but if it's a geometric progression, every domino is one and a half times the size of the previous domino. And years ago, there was a, a, a scientist at the San Francisco Exploratorium that made dominoes out of plywood. And he did that. He started with two inches, and he ended up at like 13 feet. He knocks over that one two-inch domino, that one small decision, that one small movement, knocked over the next one that was one and a half times its size. And the one after that was one and a half the times of the second one. It's this geometric progression, and that two-inch domino knocked over the 13-foot domino. So don't tell me that you can't get something done. It takes action. It takes intention. It takes hard work and discipline. But you know, going back to that, that earmarked money you mentioned, you made a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain because you're going to make that money back in spades and you'll be able to outfit your, your, your whole out garage with whatever fitness equipment you want and hire a personal trainer every day of the week. I mean, if these are goals for you, then getting one thing in order, you'll be amazed at how so many other things in your life will just fall into place if you're paying attention and doing the work. Just like everything else, you have to do the work, right? It's it even, doesn't do it by itself. It's even the title of one of my favorite books, Do the Work. There you go. Um one last question I have before we get to all the places that people can find you is, you know, just to give people a perspective on how life-changing this can be. Tell me a little bit about – I want to dig into that a little bit. Tell me about that difference from, you know, 2010 to now and, and what are some of the tangible benefits. I'm Obviously, okay, out of debt, that's one thing. But what are the tangible benefits that you've experienced or that your family's experienced? My wife and I don't fight about money. Uh, I thought that we had a really good relationship in 2009. I look back at it today and I think, oh, aren't you just the sweetest little thing? Uh, it was great, but I should back that up. It was good. Now, it's great. By getting our money in order, we, like I said before, so many other aspects of our lives have fallen into place. Our, our physical fitness has improved markedly. My attitude at work, I, I, I walk taller because I don't have that weight, that stress that, that will quite literally kill you if, if you walk around with it too, too long. And I've been, I'm, God definitely blessed me because my wife is amazing and Early in our relationship, we, we made very certain to be very upfront with one another and say, listen, if, if, if we're going to make this work, we have to communicate about everything all the time. And we might, might not like the way that we say things to one another, uh, but if you ask me a question, you better want to hear the answer because I'm going to tell you. And, of course, I've gotten a little more tactful over the years, but, but still. <laughs> um, to, to very simply answer your question, though, I, I think it's just that I don't feel that weight. I, I, I physically, my shoulders aren't slumped forward anymore. I, I stand taller. I walk taller. I'm more confident. 
I, my physical, my physical body, not just, you know, mus- musculature and, and fat and all that stuff, but I, I don't get sick as often anymore because <laughs> I don't have that huge stressor. Interesting. I, it, it just, it doesn't affect me anymore. And, you know, it, it cops, we're all very type A. I mean, it, that's the kind of the, I don't know, excuse we all use or the, the label we're all, we're not all type A, not all of us. Yeah. But there's certainly one thing we don't like to do, and that's give up control. Oh, and, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and and for for guys and girls that excel at communicating with people in crisis, we are god dang awful when we are in our own crisis. And uh, finances can can definitely be a crisis. You know how many how many DB calls you've been to where the the cause of the DB is money. A lot of them. Oh yeah, a lot of them. You know, and and going back to you know what I would say to the veteran officers is simply that I've walked in your shoes. I know it's seventeen and a half years on this job. I know how you feel, and I know what the other side looks like, and I can show you how to get there. But don't bring your BS. Don't bring your excuses. If you want to know how to make your life better in your finances, I can show you how to do it, but it's going to be hard. You have to be dedicated. You have to be willing to compromise. And it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's been a couple of months for you, and things are going to be different six months from now, a year from now. It's all about making tomorrow better than you were today. That's it. One thing at a time, one step at a time, focused intentionality. So that brings us a nice transition to your project now, the MotorCop Mindset. Uh, yes, sir. Tell everybody about what that is and how they can learn more about that. You know, I, I, because of the blog, motorcopblog.com, and when I came back from uh, 2013, I traveled back to Tennessee and became an independent Dave Ramsey financial coach. I spent a whole week at his offices and went through his financial coaching master series. When I came back in April of 2013, I created my side business, GPS Financial Coaching. And I thought, you know, sustaining two websites, I don't think that's going to be possible. But I kind of mucked around with it for a few years. And at the beginning of this year, I thought, you know what, I, I just can't do it anymore. I have to, there's something out there that needs to combine these two. I was walking with my wife and we were talking and she has these brilliant flashes. And she says, it's, it's a mindset. And I just looked at her, and she said, it's the motor cop mindset. Now, what do you mean? She says, well, you get asked all the time. Uh, how, you're, you're a husband, a father. You work 40 hours a week. You podcast. You wrote a book. You created this course. You're an academy instructor. Uh, you founded a charity. Uh, you're, I say podcaster already. You're all these different, you wear all these different hats. Right. How do you keep all that stuff straight? It's a mindset. It's focusing on one thing. And one of the, when I was started listening to your show all those months ago, it, I was astounded at it, it was like you were talking right to me. You know, I mean, of course, I had earbuds on, so you literally were talking right to me. <laughs> but but we taught you at the beginning of the call. You, you talked about mindfulness, and you know, I when I get I get up an hour before I go to work. I'm 13 minutes from my PD, but I get up at four o'clock in the morning. 
to, to do meditation and to do reading and journaling. I work on myself before I got to go deal with other people's drama. I deal with my own stuff first. So I'm starting the day on my terms, not the alarm clocks, not the chiefs, not my sergeants, mine. So having that, that perspective and being able to focus on all these different things and categorize them and prioritize them, it's a mindset. And it's a totally brand new project that the financial coaching aspect is, is, is a part of it, but it's not the overwhelming part of it. It's not the, the only part of it, I should say. It is pretty overwhelming, but it's an important aspect of it, kind of, I guess, the cornerstone or foundation that started it all. But truly, that the motor cop mindset is simply learning more about yourself, what's important to you, how you can improve you in many different aspects, mindfulness, financially, physically, uh, what it, your, your relationships with God or whatever religious background you have. All those different aspects of your life are important, and you can't focus on all of them at the same time. So how do we do that? How do we plan out our, our day, our, our, our week, our lives, and improve every single day? That's fantastic. I, I like the mission. It sounds familiar, and it sounds uh, like I know we've talked before, much much needed. And the- I, You know, absolutely. It, when, when I, I remember when the first time I sent you a uh, uh, direct message on Twitter, and I actually, it was even before that, I was listening to your show and the opening, how you talk about how, you know, the, the Squadron podcast is about, you know, all these different things. I'm like, he left out money. Oh, my God, he left out money. <laughs> I got to call this guy. <laughs> I did. I left it out. And I'm so glad that you jumped on that and brought it to my attention because it is definitely not one of those things that I thought about uh, as a fitness or an aspect of fitness. And it absolutely sure. is. That's something I've definitely learned over six, uh, six to eight weeks, a little longer that we've been conversing. Uh, that's why I wanted to have you on the show to talk about this. Um, it really is something that I've gone through that uh, I went through your program. I'm still going through your program, but I, I started your program. Um, we've had some long conversations and I've, I've seen the light, so to speak. And I wanted to share that with everybody else too, in case they also have missed this as an important aspect of their life, uh, because, um, I, I, I think it's I think it's important. I saw that I, I saw all of a sudden I got all verklempt and thought, oh my gosh, he's right. This is such a big deal. This is such a big issue that if missed, has has drastic consequences for other areas of my life. You know, most importantly in the relationships, and that's the one place, of course, that nobody wants to screw up, and that we as cops are famous for screwing up. So yes, sir. <laughs> so. uh can we, uh, you know, we're in, in in the outro. Once we say goodbye, I'm going to tell everybody about a special event that we've got planned for uh, Squadron listeners, exclusively for ex- for uh, Squadron listeners. So stay tuned for the post roll, as it's called, for uh, for a little lingo there for everybody. Look at you, fancy boy. We don't we don't talk that kind of language on my show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll have an offer, uh, not an offer. Well, it's an invitation. It's not even an offer. It's an invitation, an invitation to join us yes. for something uh, that I think is going to be great. Uh, you'll get to meet uh, Motor Cop. Uh, in, I say in person in air quotes over the internet and me as well, uh, and we'll uh, we'll shoot you, we'll catch you up on that. But then of course you got to sign up for the mailing list at the squadroom.net 
uh, to join that. And you can also text the squad room, all one word, to 44222 to get signed up so that you get a notification on the special event that we have uh, planned with MotorCop. Uh, you mentioned MotorCop blog. Uh, we're going to post a bunch of stuff in the show notes. Um, where else should you? Where else should we be directing people to find out more about you? If you're on Twitter, I'm not as good at Twitter, but I'm still MotorCop One. I'm on Periscope as MotorCop One as well. Uh, we are working on getting a better connection with the happy place where we record the show because we like to kind of simulcast and do a, a Periscope while we're recording. So that's always fun. We're trying to get better reception out there so we can just do Facebook Live because I've got a much bigger Facebook audience than I do on Twitter. So facebook.com slash motorcopblog. Uh, you can find me eventually here in the next couple of weeks at the themotorcopmindset.com. The right now it's just a landing page to sign up for you know future details and whatnot, but I'm also going to be launching that hopefully on the same day that my online course goes live. And uh, But we'll, we'll talk more about that uh, in, the, in, in the post world, yeah, yes, and 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 I should say by the time this actually airs, uh, the, the motor cop mindset will be live. So that'll be. I, uh, I, li- I like your authoritative. It will be live. <laughs> Put a little pressure on you. That'll be. Uh, that'll help <laughs> I you. Love, I love pressure. Motor cop, thanks for joining us. Everyone, please stay tuned for some uh, some special information. Um, appreciate you being here, sharing your story, sharing. Um, you know, it's hard to talk about finances and the fact that you were seventy eight thousand dollars in debt. And you paid it off, though, in 28 months. That kind of blows my mind. But gives me hope. Me gives me hope. It gives a lot of people hope, I'm sure, when they know that they can uh, they can do it, too. They're still, they're still capable. So thanks for being with us today. Hey, man. I appreciate it. Cheers. All right. Jason Hoshauer, better known as Motor Cop. Uh, appreciate him being on the show. Like I said, I, I've had a lot of success with this already. I'm looking forward to moving forward. Looking forward to moving forward. I'm I'm looking forward to the future with this. I feel like we have actually gotten some traction moving forward with our budget. My wife agrees. Um, it's caused us to have some pretty significant conversations, but it's also given us, like I say, a lot of momentum. So this webinar that I teased a little bit at the beginning of the show uh, is here's the information. Go to the squadroom.net forward slash episode 37 for the link that'll get you into the webinar. The webinar is going to be July 12th at 1900 hours Pacific time. That's going to be July 12th at 1900 hours Pacific time. Now, if you are uh, not able to do that. You're on the East Coast. We apologize. This is the only time that the two of us could line up our schedules at any reasonable time. If we did it on the weekend, we thought people were going to miss it because of vacations and all that. So this is about the best time we could come up with. Uh, but here's the deal. If you're on the East Coast and you can't make a, what for you is a 10 o'clock webinar, I get it. You got to get up in the morning. Sign up for the webinar anyway, and we're going to email you a replay of it that you can watch uh, from your uh, the luxury of your home uh, or work or squad car, wherever, at your convenience. You don't have to be on the webinar to get the value and the benefit of it. The value and benefit of being live on the webinar, of course, is going to be that you can ask questions, you can interact, and maybe we can t- uh, touch on some things that are specific to you. But July 12th of, uh, well, if you're listening two years from now, too late, but July 12th, 1900 hours is going to be our webinar uh, some of the things that we're going to cover, that's probably what you want to know. Uh, first thing you need to do when it comes to your money, the three steps to take when you uh, need to get your attack plan in order. Uh, you'll discover an easy and effective way to keep your money behaving. And that makes sense uh, when you think of the idea that every job, every dollar needs a job. 
um, discussing the, this is a big one, how to frame the conversations you have with your significant others to get them on board. That was big for me and my wife was to kind of come together in the same common language. We discovered we had some different issues about money and the idea of separate accounts and all sorts of stuff. And then kind of this idea of um, discipline equals, like we say with Jocko Willink, we've quoted him before, discipline equals freedom. And that's very much the same with uh, with your finances. So go to the squadroom.net forward slash episode 37. You'll get signed up for the webinar. You can check it out. It should be a lot of fun. We'll hang out. Uh, if it's uh, Jason and I, I imagine we'll probably be uh, having a beer while we do it. At least I will be. I don't know about him. Again, I want to thank SB Tactical and the iCombat Active Shooter Training System for their support of the show. Check them out at sbtactical.com. Appreciate everybody listening. Please, uh, if uh, you want to follow us on Twitter, at The Squad Room. Instagram is the same. Shoot me an email, garrett at thesquadroom.net. Let me know what you think of the show, what you think we need to change, what you hate. You notice I'm screwing around with these intros a lot, and I'm playing around. I'm just playing around with them, seeing which ones I like better. And I think I like today's the best. The other ones are a little too long. Some of the other ones are a little disjointed. I think this is going to work out just fine. But if you hate it, let me know. But shoot me an email. Uh, let me know where you're at, what part of the country you're in. That uh, link for the webinar is also going to go out to uh, the mailing list. So make sure that you're on the mailing list to get all that information. We're going to start uh, some giveaways. And my ebook should be ready here in a little bit. I keep talking about that too. But with a hand in a cast, editing has been quite tough. But now that my hands are free and I can type, sort of, um, get that done and out to everybody everybody stay safe thanks for listening um next episode is going to come a little quicker it should be a good one too it is a good one it's already recorded and i look forward to sharing that one with you too so uh, make sure you're subscribed to the show to get the best and most quick updates on this all right thanks for listening